Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. To prepare for our Big Book Study, let's get focused by having a three-minute moment of silent meditation followed by the fog light prayer. Ah, good evening, everyone. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Chris. <laughs> and I'm a recovered alcoholic, and my name is Rob. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to start the meditation in a minute, so please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that make noise or will distract others for the duration of the meeting. The coffee area will be closed for this portion of the meeting so as to minimize distractions. Also, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up to get a donut. For the meditation, some suggestions are focus on your breath and your posture. Breathe in God and breathe out self. Just take a deep breath in and breathe out and concentrate on that for three minutes. I can, two or three minutes, I can guarantee you're going to feel A-OK at the end of those Monks meditating. Connected AF. Mm. Take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you focus on the study tonight. Is everybody ready for the meditation? Everybody seated and... Okay, I'll see you in a few minutes. Thank you. 
please join me in the fog light prayer. If you don't know it, just mumble along. God, God let, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. What do you say, Rob? Should we have a secretary's report? That sounds wonderful. Okay. Secretary. It's Barry? Is it Barry? No. Okay. It's Ryan. R- Ronnie? Ronnie? I think it's Ronnie. Ronnie. That's right. We'll get it. It's been a few Third weeks time's now. a charm. Let's welcome Ronald. this on? Yep, sure is. All right. Hi, my name is Ronnie, and I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. And in keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. And if you did not bring cash, we also have the Venmo, PayPal, Zelle. We have Western Union. And, uh, yeah, pretty much any other way that money can be sent. So, um... But in the meantime, I'm going to have my friend Alex come up and read the recovered statement. Yeah. Hi, recovered alcoholics, Alex. Hey, Alex. Mm. All right, we are not cured from alcoholism, recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. 
the allergic reaction to alcohol will remain within us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was that was the problem. <clears throat> the main problem of alcoholic centers in his mind rather than the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. So we read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. 1940s style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober and wants to remain that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And are among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. We have CDs, mugs, large print big books, little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale. We meet every Monday promptly at 7.15 p.m., and we ask that you be courteous and ready at the beginning of the sound of the Road to Recovery tune, and we will see you next week. From the forward to the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. From There's a Solution, also from the big book, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. This is an open meeting, and as such, all who have an interest in alcoholism and our program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so. Your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours. On the topic of anonymity, this may or may not be on YouTube, but it will eventually podcast on the other areas of the Internet. Hmm. And so if you don't want your voice to be heard on the Internet, just pass that microphone or make a funny voice with an accent when it comes around for the Q&A. Very nice. Can we have a show of hands of people joining us for the very first time? All right. Welcome. Awesome. Welcome. And uh, show of hands of recovered alcoholics. All right. If your hand's not up, grab one of these people with their hands up and ask them how they did that their thing. All right. Uh, while this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility. Is anyone in need of a big book? We have a lot of loners, so if you made it through, just raise your hand. We can get you one. All right. Oh, we got, one, we got one that needs a book. All right, Tony, you got it. Right. Great. Before we begin our study of the big book, uh, two weeks ago, I believe it was, we reviewed Tradition 1. Tonight, we're going to take a quick review of Tradition 2. Please refer in the unabridged book to page 562 in the abridged, little skinny ones. Uh, page 177 will get you close. And here to share her experience is Tanisha. Hi, my name is Tanisha, and I'm your recovered alcoholic traditionist. Hey, Tanisha. Hi, Tanisha. Hey. So, tradition two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. In the long version, two, which is the same pretty much, 
For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. And I'm going to pull a lifeline tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been very busy for me, and um, I'm just doing the best that I can. So I found this on um, www.saltlakeaa.org. And it's written by Betty H. And she writes, When I came to Alcoholics Anonymous in 1983, I wondered sometimes aloud, why didn't someone take over? The process of group conscience seemed ponderous, and some members seemed not astute enough to make the right decisions. I was told by my sponsor that in the group conscience, our ultimate authority, God, speaks, and that, and that we trust that loving God will take us in the right direction. Needless to say, I was sure I was sure she didn't mean what she said. I was sure that secretly the wise and educated members met and took the group where it needed to go. I was wrong. In group conscience, we listen to the least educated with that with as, as much attention as we do to the most educated. We weigh the opinion of the youngest member with as much regard as we do the longest sober member. We consider the opinion of the minority view, and many times we change the direction of the group because we had never considered the merits of the obscure view having been expressed by the only nay when given the opportunity to tell us why she voted nay. Tradition, too, leads me to trust God in all things undertaken by the fellowship. Many times over the past 28 years, I've questioned group conscience only to find that in the end, end the decision made was the best direction for all. That is the beauty of group conscience. It is God's voice telling us what is best for all of us, not just some of us. Each group is a fellowship of equals. No matter what an individual member's background, education, or professional expertise, no member has authority over the group. In this way, the fellowship reaches out to all who would seek its comfort and provides the atmosphere of a sense of belonging to all members. My sponsor gave me a copy of a series of articles on the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous that appeared in the Grapevine in 1969. The questions were intended for the individual's use. Many groups, however, use them as basis for their discussion topic as they study the traditions. My sponsor gave them to me in an effort to help me find enough humility to be of service to our group. Some of the questions pertaining to Tradition 2 are, 1. Do I criticize or do I trust and support my my group officers, AA committees, newcomers, old-timers? 2. Am I absolutely trustworthy, even in secret with AA 12-step jobs or other AA responsibility? 3. Do I look for credit in my AA jobs, praise for my AA ideas? Four, do I have to save face in group discussion, or can I yield in good spirit to the group conscience and work cheerfully along with it? Five, although I have been sober a few years 
Am I still willing to serve my turn at AA chores? Six, in group discussions, do I sound off about matters on which I have no experience and little knowledge? I am constantly amazed at the lessons of early sobriety and the direction of a sponsor who did not seem wise at the time still serve as the basis of a happy, joyous, and free sober life, Betty H. And with that said, I remember my sponsor, Masoon, I remember like five years ago, she was 20 years sober, and she introduced herself, and she said her service commitment. And at 20 years sober, she said, I'm a greeter at my home group. And I thought that was very awesome, and that's what I aspire to be. Thank you. In order to help us stay focused as we study the big book, we use the big book study guide prepared by Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. Tonight, we are going to begin reading on page 18, which will be read from the front by tonight's reader, Mr. Mark. After the page is read, we're going to ask questions from the podium. The questions are actually going to start at the top of page 19. The answers will be one sentence, unless otherwise specified. And multi-part questions are simply a one-sentence answer split up by commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation. Basically, in English, what that means is we're going to read the material once through and then re-dissect the information a second time through the question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us a new light in which to consider that study material. This is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we've completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what was just read. If you have spiritual experiences with this information, you are free to share. However, big book study is not therapy. Should you begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different, i.e. sponsorship setting, please do not be offended when we cut that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time. You can never go wrong by commenting on the page, which brings us to the words of one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. How did we get here today on page 19? Well, we didn't just pick up right on page 19. We actually started many weeks ago. I don't know the number of weeks, but it was a lot. I bet someone knows. 17. So 17 weeks ago we started, and we started in the preface and the forewords. So I was told when I got out of treatment for the second time that I would have to be going to AA for a long time. So maybe even the rest of my life, right? So it's kind of important to know what AA is and what the history of it is and what this fellowship is based on. And that's what the preface in the forwards teaches us. It talks about uh, the Oxford group programs that were around at the time and how Bill, uh, one of our founders, was not able to accept all the tenets of those Oxford groups, but he was able to accept the need for moral inventory, confession of personality defects, helpfulness to others, restitution to those harmed, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. So he had certain tenets he could accept. It talks about the history and the founding when he met Dr. Bob in Akron. And then we get into the meat, the beginning of the meat and potatoes of the program and of the book, which is the doctor's opinion. Yeah, so the doctor's opinion uh, is the chapter that has the opinion of Dr. William Silkworth, who was at the time working in Towns Hospital, which was one of the na- nation's best hospitals treating alcoholism and drug addiction. And uh, he gave his uh, thoughts on alcoholism 
that um, you know we expanded on in the book, and, and they expanded on in that chapter is a threefold illness, right? Doctor Silkworth said the alcoholic is different from your heavy hard drinker, from your moderate drinker, in that they have this phenomenon of craving that happens. The way I always describe it is when I get when I drink alcohol, I get really thirsty, right? And then we have this mental obsession that keeps bringing us back uh, to this alcohol and and a body that just wants more and more of it. And then we have a spiritual malady. And, you know, the doctor's opinion really focuses on, you know, that that phenomenon of craving, but does hint at, you know, my my human power doesn't do the trick as a doctor. All of my science and medicine and all this stuff, you know, if he's honest with himself, he he feels powerless because he knows something more is needed uh, than just human power. And, And they... Uh, talk about that that spiritual experience. And after the doctor's opinion, we got into Bill's story. We had the privilege of going through Bill's story. They put that on page one and moved the doctor's opinion to the forewords of the book. But Bill's story uh, used to be a different chapter. But Bill's story talks about Bill Wilson, one of the co-founders of this program, and his descent into full-fledged alcoholism from a successful stockbroker, from somebody that actually was a mover and a shaker on Wall Street and was one of the beginners of value investing to somebody that was fighting with the taxi cab driver and getting kicked out of his own house and then moving in with his in-laws and then one of the in-laws dies and he uh, was stealing from his wife's slender purse and and he could pay and when he got paid he sometimes every now and then he would pay his bills at the bars instead so he went from just being on top of the world to being the bottom of the barrel and it he was looking forward to one of his old drinking buddies coming over so he could drink openly because he was hiding bottles everywhere in his house he wasn't, he wasn't able to drink openly for years, so Ebby's going to come by. Ebby's going to drink openly with me. But instead, Ebby actually told him, hey, man, I've got religion. I haven't drank in some time. And uh, so he brought him this program of action, and Bill was transformed. And it, it ends up with saying that, uh, that the talk that they had in that kitchen, Bill and Ebby, transforms itself uh, in an ever-widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. So it's a pretty awesome chapter. It talks about the steps that Bill took. It hints at them. It alludes to them to get us sober and recovered and connected with this higher power that keeps us sober. And then after that, we got into the next chapter. Yeah, so we learned about that spiritual solution in Bill's story and saw how Ebby carried the message to him and what happened in Bill's life and you know what happened uh, to, to all of us in here while we're here today. Uh, there's a solution, you know, really delves into that, you know. So we are on... Page 19, we're going to start on 18, but there's a solution. What we've covered so far, it's talking about, you know, that we're like the, the passengers of a great ship that, you know, it's, it's sinking and we all escape peril and, you know, hooray, you know, and we all feel this, this bond that we escape this uh, certain disaster as, you know, anyone who's sitting in these chairs probably can relate to. Uh, but that's only one, one element of what binds us together. And what the real powerful thing that binds us together is that we have a common solution, which is the program of action that's found in this book. You know, this relationship that we get to enter in on uh, with our creator, and then we get to carry that to the next suffering alcoholic. So we're exploring that here, um, you know, this solution. You know, it's, it introduces to the fellowship. That's that bond that we share. Uh, that's all of us here in this room, but that alone can't keep us sober. So we're going to keep uh, exploring the solution here. So, uh, Mark, if you could, we're going to start the uh, recap on the middle of 18. So we hope this volume will inform and comfort, and then we will cut you off when it's time. My name's Mark. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Mark. Mark. We hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or who may be affected. There are many. Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss the situation without reserve. 
Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, are generally can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, and his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier-than-thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful. That there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach may take up, after such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. If we keep on the good way we are going, if we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that clothes by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given to us? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. Of necessity, there will have to be a discussion of matters medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. Nothing would please us so much as to write a book which would contain no basis for contention or argument. We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend on the constant thought of others and how they may help meet their needs. You may already have asked yourself, why is that all of us became so very ill from drinking? Doubtless you are curious to discover how and why. In the face of expert opinion of the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. Before going into a detailed discussion, it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. How many times people have said to us, I can take it or leave it alone, why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl, I think... He, I should think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him, but there he is all lit up again. <clears throat> now these are commonplace observations on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. 
they can take it or leave it alone. Then we have a certain type of heavy, or type of hard drinker, heavy hard drinker, same, same thing. He may have the habit bad, badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate. Although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. What about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker. But at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. All right. We're going to start the study from page 19, and we're going to end up right there on 21. So the top paragraph, the first full paragraph, none of us makes a sole vocation. That's where we're going to Q&A it. So, Rob, I see you moving toward the mic. How many of us earn our living 12-stepping alcoholics? None of us make a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. What is the elimination of drinking? What is the elimination of drinking? You want to just read the next line? We feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. What is much more important than just not drinking? So the question on the floor, what is more important than just not drinking? As much more important demonstrations in our principles lies before, before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. How many of the authors worked with suffering alcoholics? How much of the authors worked with suffering alcoholics? All of us spend most of our spare time in a sort of effect which we are going to describe. What are some of us fortunate enough to do? A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to time to the work. All right, so that paragraph is open for comment. We go paragraph by paragraph here. So does anybody have anything on this? Anybody have anything on this? This, to me, kind of echoes forward into the book where we get into um, page 82, 81, 82, where it's talking about step nine, and it says that uh, we feel a man is unthinking when he says that being sober is enough, right? Certainly he must be sober because there'll be no home if he doesn't stay sober, but uh, you know, we, just staying sober is not enough, right? Cessation of drinking is just the beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. Anybody on, on this paragraph? Anything? We got Bill. Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Bill, and I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. Hey, Bill. This, this whole chapter is very simple. It says there is a solution, and the solution is very simple, power. The question is where and how do we find that power? And, it's, and it, the, the, this chapter tells us that there's two sources of this power. There's the power of the fellowship which can support us and encourage us and teach us. And then there's the power of the vital spiritual experience, the vital spiritual awakening. <clears throat> and what this chapter is really telling us in the first part, uh, not just about those two sources of power, but from starting on page 18, it's telling us 
that the, the fellowship alone is not enough. And that's really what this chapter is dedicated to. It tells us on page 18 about what the fellowship is. It says, but the ex-problem drinker, those of us who have recovered, who has found his, this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Well, I don't know about you guys, but that's the way it worked for me. I mean, I came in here barely knowing how to spell AA, uh, but thinking I knew everything. And, and uh, uh, I needed somebody who said, well, tell me about your situation, Bill. And I did, and they kind of told me about their situation. And I said, hey, this, this guy's figured out something I haven't figured out yet. And so I started listening to him. And then he brought me to the book. And then it tells us, then, then, then the question is, well, where is this solution? Well, it tells us on page 19, we have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience, not you should, it's this is what I did, combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with the drinking problem. So the... the the substance here is how do we find this power? How do we use it in our life? And that's, that's to me, what this, this whole uh, chapter is all about. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Should we move on to the next paragraph? Let's do it. Okay. Will AA bring an end to the ravages of alcoholism? If we keep on the way we're going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of a problem will hardly be scratched. With what are we overcome if we live in large cities like Dallas or Broward County? <laughs> Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many alcoholics could recover if what? Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. What question faced the first 100? How then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? Uh, the paragraph is kind of a cliffhanger. Anybody have anything on that? Okay, let's uh, move on to the next paragraph. To what conclusion did the first 100 arrive at as an answer to that question? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. What is the content of this big book? We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. Who could benefit from this accumulated experience and knowledge? This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. Yeah, so does, that, does anyone have experience with this? Does anyone, has anyone found this program a useful program? <laughs> to, yeah, we got a couple hands. Yeah. As, yeah, does anyone want to speak on it? Yeah, one back there. Alcoholic Mike Chase. Hey, Mike Ooh, Chase. Recovered Chase. too, by the way. Um, I want to touch on both these paragraphs because they're pretty cool. Many could recover if they had the opportunity, would have enjoyed. How then shall we present that which is so freely given to us? And I go back to like Dr. Bob's days. Dr. Bob was basically staying home, taking people through the third step, bringing them to Christ, doing the Oxford group, getting people sober through the Oxford group program, having them stick around in the area, and then running around 
in, in order for those guys to stay sober, they're bringing, in from, they're bringing more drunks for Bill to work on. So they're talking to the guys. They're helping them get to the point. But Bill's doing, or Dr. Bob's doing the heavy lifting. He's the one who's doing the third step. He's doing the full Oxford stuff. If you were to leave town, let's say you were from St. Louis, and you came to Akron to get sober, and Dr. Bob did his, third, his Oxford stuff to you, and you got recovered, and you hung around for a while, but then you went back to St. Louis, and you tried to do what Bill or Dr. Bob did from memory, you might miss something that he did. You might add something that he didn't do. And people had been calling Dr. Bob and saying, you know, I'm down what I'm doing. I'm not getting drunk, but I have not been able to get anybody else sober. And Dr. Bob would say, so what are you doing? He says, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And he said, why are you doing that? I didn't do that. And he said, well, I don't remember what you did. I'm just doing what I think I can do. I can't remember. It's like, so they decided in order to have a program that was repetitive, that would be, that could work second, third, fourth generations, they had to put this down in a book. They had to come up with directions. They, they wanted to be able to send this out to anywhere in the world so people anywhere can get the same effect of going to Dr. Bob's house without having to go to Dr. Bob's house. Now, if you can stay sober, just keeping yourself sober, but not getting anybody else sober, you're not really doing anybody any good. So they gave us directions we could follow so we could have a successful time getting people sober to God through the book. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. We got one up here. Hey, Barry. Hi, recovered alcoholic. My name is Barry. Um, I also wanted to kind of touch on that. You know, that which has been so freely given to us. It's crazy to think. You can't do anything these days without, you know, you can't even read a, an article online that is normally printed in newspaper. It's like, pay 35 cents. You know, you can't do anything for free. And this is something that has saved my life, you know, no doubt. This is life and death, and it has been freely given to us. You know, my sponsor who took me through the steps um, dedicated and continues to de- dedicate a crazy amount of time to ensuring that, uh, that I'm doing my part, and all I have to do in return is carry the message to other alcoholics who are still suffering. And that in and of itself isn't entirely selfless because in doing so, I'm saving my own life by working with a newcomer. And so this whole thing is just <laughs> positive all around, but it's just something that simple, you know, and the word freely, you know, given to us because it was, um, you know, I didn't sign up. I didn't pay a membership fee. I didn't, you know, I don't get peppered with propaganda. You know, I'm, I'm here because it was freely given to me and can't wait to, you know, work as a sponsor so that I can not only keep myself some, uh, sober, but also help someone else find the solution. That's all I got. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Barry. This is spiritual warfare, and we're, we're on the front lines of that. It says we're overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. And here, you know, we see the overdoses, and we've been to funerals, and, you know, I know I have, and, and see, we see people die from this disease, and we see people go back out and stay out and come in and out, and, you know, many could recover if they had the opportunity that we've been given. So, it's my responsibility then to think back. What was that opportunity? What was somebody sitting down, reading this rigorously, going through it? Strenuous effort, one alcoholic with another, vital to permanent recovery. And that's, that's what was given to me. You know, it wasn't like an assignment or a packet or something like that. You know, go to, go to some meetings and call me once a week or some, once a day even. Like, there's stuff that's, that's hard, but it's still a lot easier than doing what this book says. So what was given to me was the message that's outlined in this book. Yeah, what you were just describing didn't really sound like our common solution. 
that sounds like, you know, somebody's opinion or maybe even their experience yeah. um, on what was given to them, right? Some of that tribal knowledge that you can't ever match up with what's in the book. Yeah. You know, it, it says, uh, you know, we, we read it every meeting. The tremendous fact for every one of us is we have discovered a common solution. That's, that's what we're reading. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree upon, which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. It says it right in that paragraph we just read. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with the drinking problem. Forward to the first edition. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Over and over, it tells us specifically what to do, specifically how we recovered, precisely, right? These directions, this is what we did, right? So I was told whenever I'm given advice by a well-meaning purpose, uh, a well-meaning person in Alcoholics Anonymous, see if I can reconcile it with the book, Yeah, you know? See if I can reconcile it with what they did in the program of action as it's written in the book. You know, that's kind of my barometer. Mm -hmm. So when I hear some off-the-wall things from time to time, it's like, I don't remember reading that in the book. Let me see if I can find it. It's really easy today because you have apps and you can just search. It does all the work for you. So I'm still looking for 90 and 90. It hasn't found it. (laughs) I haven't found it either. Maybe in the fifth edition. Yeah, the the refutation, right? What page is that on? Uh Uh-huh. <laughs> Sober softball. It's in the, the stories. stories. <laughs> oh, right. And that's uh, it's like baking the cake, right? If I'm baking a cake and I don't follow the instructions and don't follow the directions on how to bake it, it's gonna be like the the souffle and the Fraggle Rock book that I used to read when I was a kid. You know, he bakes this souffle, but it's complicated and hard to make, and he and he bakes it wrong, and it falls flat. And I don't want my recovery to to end up the way that that Fraggle souffle did. So. <laughs> <laughs> so any anything else on this uh this paragraph before now we i have on? another google <laughs> i used to love that yeah me too drop the fraggle rock <laughs> all right so so why don't we get back into the q a and back into the text here what will it be necessary to discuss of necessity there will there will have to be discussion of matters medical psychiatric social and religious The authors were aware of what? The authors were aware of what? Uh, We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. What would really please the authors? Nothing would please us so much as to write a book which which would contain no basis for contention or argument. What did the authors of this book try to achieve? We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. And we have a question. Were they successful in their attempt to avoid contention? And it says the answer, the answer is this question is demonstrated by the wide acceptance of the program. So the program is widely accepted. And we're talking about a, a spiritual program of action. Right? And we all know how unspiritual it looks to anyone when we start arguing about God and start giving our opinions and saying, you know, we're, I'm right, you're wrong. Right? So that's what they're saying here. They're saying that you know, we, we want to write a book that contains no basis for contention or argument. Anybody have anything else on this paragraph? I don't think we, we finished it. Finish. Oh, I, okay. There was a... Excuse me. <laughs> what do most of us sense? Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and respect for their opinions are attitudes which make, makes us more useful to others. 
What is it that our very lives depend on? Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend on our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. Thank you. This page is open for comment. So my life depends on my constant thought of others. And it says, we work out, in the doctor's opinion, we work out our solution on a spiritual as well as an altruistic plane. So that means showing concern for the welfare of others and developing this spiritual growth, right? So our, my life depends on it here. It's echoed back. It depends on my constant thought of others and how I can help meet their needs. That's altruism. And, and I'm thinking of others instead of myself. You know, it doesn't mention the God piece yet, but... There's a deep down inside every man, woman, and child is that fundamental idea of God. So if I'm helping others, then I'm helping God, right? What, what you do to the least among you, you do to me. Any, anybody have anything on this? Yeah. Hi, recovered alcoholic named Kelly. Kelly. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend on our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. And I know myself as an untreated alcoholic Um, thought of absolutely (laughs) the only way other people could meet my needs. I did not think of how they could meet their needs. And I understand today that the root of my problem is selfishness and self-centeredness. You know, and it says here, we're talking about step 11. It says, upon awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. And we consider our plans for the day before we begin. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. I understand that that's part of my steps for staying sober is I don't wake up selfless. I wake up selfish and self-centered, and that's the root of my problem. And I am aware today through having the spiritual awakening or my spiritual experience that that is how I must start my day. And I have to ask God to direct my thinking because my thinking does not naturally fall that way. And when I am in that pocket of recovery, there's nothing throughout the day that can really jar me or upset me. If I'm thinking of others, once I get into self, I'm a mess. I'm very uncomfortable. I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. You know, and it's a program of Alcoholics Anonymous that taught me that that is how I can go from untreated alcoholism to treated alcoholism. That's just one of the steps. But that's, that's a critical point right there. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it was pointed out to me when I came in the room. This an old-timer grabbed me, and he, and he had the, uh, uh, we had the shade up with the 12 steps on it, the short form. Um, and he said, look. Step one is the only one that's talking about your alcoholism. All the rest of them are there just to help you live happily and usefully whole, help you clear out the wreckage and have a useful, happy life, right? So it doesn't say our very, very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend on just not drinking, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we, we have to carry this into all of our affairs. Recovered alcoholic Mike Chase. Chase. I just want to point something out that just like chopping down a tree, it takes a lot of little wax with the hatchet to get it down, to get you to the point where the tree will fall over easily and just, you know, you're done with it. 
Same way with this book. But if you're if you got one of those sponsors, you know, that bounces around one or two pages and throws a third step prayer at you and gives you some fourth step and sends you on your way, you might not know exactly what you're getting into when you come to Alcoholics Anonymous. But if you start on page zero, you start understanding what Alcoholics Anonymous is, how we got started, what alcoholism really looks like, what the solution is, what it looks like in Bill's story. And all along the way, they have like these little nuggets of intensive work with other alcoholics. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend on the constant thought of others. He doesn't go into big detail. that just these little snippets of information. So by the time we get into step four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, we've already sort of wrestled with a lot of things that they're asking us, telling us that we need to do in that pack. So if you go through this and pay attention for the, the little snippets of what you're going to be doing when you get sober to stay sober and to help other alcoholics, because Hopefully, if you start on page zero and read the book, by the time you get there, you'll be cool with God, you'll be cool with working with others, you'll be cool with being tolerant of others, and everything will just naturally be there because you sort of processed and dealt with it. Really well-written book in that area. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Shall we move on? Yeah. What may you have already asked? Now I forgot where we were. What may you have already asked? Teamwork makes the dream work. You may have already asked yourself why it is that all of us become so very ill from drinking. What are you probably curious about? Doubtless you're curious to discover how and why, in the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to recover, what are you asking? If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? Right. So what do I have to do? And then, yeah, should we? On the cliffhanger. <laughs> Let's keep going. Okay. What is the specific purpose of this book? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. There it is again. What will the first 100 tell us in this book? We shall tell you what we have done. Before answering these questions, what did the authors do? Before going into detailed discussion, it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. All right. And the next question is a one-paragraph answer. What have people said to the suffering alcoholic many times? Just read that whole paragraph, please. How many times? How many times have people said to us, I can take it or leave it alone? Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl. I think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him. But there he is all lit up again. Anybody have anything on this? Yeah, we got, we got a hand up over here unless you got some. Something there. Okay. Hey, Ryan. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Um, so I have written next to this paragraph that these are the reactions of non-alcoholics to people like me. Um, and it makes me think, though, that also before I came into this program, before I did this work and read this book, that was kind of also my own reaction to myself because I didn't know why I couldn't stop either. Um, so um, 
you know, I, I was thinking about what Kelly was saying about, um, you know, how we have to make that decision waking up to be selfless. And it got me thinking to the line in, um, in We Agnostics where it talks about leaving aside the drink problem. Um, they explain why life was still so unsatisfactory. Um, and, you know, I think that the reason that working with other alcoholics is so powerful for us is that when you're like when you're working with someone and you're just doing it just to be helpful, there's like a sense of satisfaction that you get out of that. Um, it, almost the same sense of satisfaction that I got when I first started drinking and I was using that as my solution to my problem with my soul sickness. Um, but, you know, like it's... It's something that, um, you know, I can't explain why why it works the way that it does you know i can't i i don't know what it is about it but you know there's something that takes you out of yourself when you're working with another alcoholic that it just it's something that i wouldn't trade in for anything you know like it's it's amazing so i mean i just love this book i love the way that it's laid out i love how you know the only time that i ever felt like i really made a decision in any of these steps was doing the first step and just becoming willing to try and go through this, you know? And then after that, it was just pretty much like, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, I'm in the next step. I don't even know how I got there, you know? Like, and then I'm doing a third step. I don't know how I got there either. And then there's a spiritual experience happening, and I don't know how that happened either. Like, it's just like, but all I did was become willing to try and do this work, you know? Um, and then by the end of it, you know, it's like, when I first started, like, thinking about working with other alcoholics, I was, like, terrified at that idea. You know, but by the end of it, I, I couldn't wait. You know, I couldn't wait to do it. So, like, you know, I don't know if that's part of the spiritual experience, but, like, that's obviously, like, it's a change in my, like, a complete psychic change, right? Like, I, was, I did not have the same mindset that I had at the beginning of this that I had at the end of it. You know, I wanted to go out and work with other people. I wanted to go and pass, al pass along what was so freely given to me. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to me because it sounds like such a huge difference from that last paragraph we just read. You know, um, so that's all I've got. Thanks for sharing. Hi, it's Bill again, and I'm still a grateful alcoholic. What's hey, Bill. up, Bill? You know, think about where we are in the book, okay? This is still very early on in the book. And we're talking to folks who are pretty much still just coming in. And think back to your own self when you were first coming in. I know with me, uh, I was out there drinking a lot, uh, often thinking I needed to drink because I had this problem or that problem and I deserved to drink. But then again, by the same token, I kept seeing that I was doing all these dumb things and as a result of drinking and swearing not to do it again and then doing it again over and over and over again. Now, I don't know why the hell I was doing it. I mean, I mean, I had a bunch of reasons, but if you ask me, really, I, I don't know. Okay. The only reasons, the only, the only uh, explanations that I had coming in here was all this crap, okay? And this only made me feel more guilty, which made me want to drink some more, okay? So I think it's important that, that the book talks to people about this because if they don't identify with the information here, why should they read Vaughn, okay? We're talking about the experience that we had, which I'm trying to share with you guys coming in, and if you can identify... Maybe you're interested in what are the solution, okay? And the solution, as we're going to find out, is power.
And this practical program of recovery leads us to the power necessary to not drink. And uh, when I, when Joe and Charlie used to talk all the time about this is a, not just a practical program of recovery, this is a practical program for living. Well, what, what does practical mean? Okay? I mean, wh- what do we mean by practical? Okay? Practical means that whatever energy I put in, I'm going to at least get as much benefit back or more. Is that, is that a reasonable definition? So if I'm willing to do this work, I'm going to get at least as much benefit back as I put in. So it's very important to, to have an understanding of what this person is thinking and feeling as they come in here. They're just as confused and crazy as I was. And if we don't, if we don't connect with that, they're not going to want to listen to our solution. That's all I got. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. I, I really like some of the things that have been shared about this last paragraph. I had a teacher that said, um, the more, longer I've been around, the less I believe that anybody ever gets away with anything because there's always an audience of one. I, can always, I always have my own conscience when I'm doing things and making mistakes. And, and when I used to think, my willpower must be weak, I would wake up after a night of binge drinking out of a blackout and just be ashamed and embarrassed because I told myself I wasn't going to drink that much. And it's like, I just feel bad. I feel guilty. And then I really like what Ryan was saying, too. When we start to feel good about ourselves because we're actually helping somebody else, then, then that's the same audience. So just like I can't get away with anything, I also can't, uh, I, I, I can't do something good without benefiting spiritually. So there isn't, there isn't a way to not get some sort of spiritual benefit. Um, okay, let's move on to the next paragraph. What is a moderate drinker? What is a moderate drinker? Dr. Dre. Uh, Now these are commonplace observation on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Okay. We skipped a paragraph. What is behind them? Not here. What is behind them? Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. Do such comments come from alcoholics? We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. What is a moderate drinker? Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. What can they do that alcoholics cannot do? They can take it or leave it alone. Jerks. (laughs) What is the next type of drinker mentioned? Then we have a certain type of hard drinker. Could his habits be serious? He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. What could it do to him? And then we got a two-part. Can the drinker, a drunk, stop or moderate if given a good reason to do so? Could he benefit from treatment? May cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate, although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. Do the hard drinker and the real alcoholic look similar on the surface? But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker. But at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. All 
right, the page is open for comment. That's the just dropped a bomb. Yeah. Anybody ever introduce themselves as the guy on page twenty-one? There we go. You would. <laughs> My name's Dean. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Um, hey, Dean. I always, um, you know, we're at this. Uh, another person shared. We're at the, you know, we're at page twenty, and um, I remember scared to death having to read this book with a guy sitting across from me who offered to be my temporary sponsor. And I just wanted to see what out I had in doing this program. But as this, there's a solution, explores this mental obsession in which differentiates us from the uh, moderate drinker that differentiates us from the heavy, hard drinker. I'm like, why can't I be that guy? Because I am the real alcoholic. And I get these questions thrown at me from my family. Why can't you quit? You got to stop. You know, you should do it for your family. You know, and I'm hearing this going, but I keep getting drunk. And I have, and, and I remember telling my father, I have no, I don't know why it happens. It just does. And I really was baffled. So one of the greatest things about bringing someone through this book at this point is we're trying to help them identify, do they have this thing? You know, this is kind of a soft close, if you will. You know, where do you see yourself here? You know, and, and, and if we continue on, I see myself in all of these people evolving into someone who can't. And it, it, I think the most important sentence is, begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. And I remember my sponsor asked me, so when did you start to control the amount of alcohol you took? And I had to think about that because that happened well before I ended up in my first rehab. I ended up in my first AA meeting and I ended up with a temporary sponsor. And so I thought to myself, you're right. I have lost the control. And so this mental obsession that the doctor talks about, um, they're baffled. And so I'm trying to figure out how. But this guy seems to be pretty happy. It sits across the table from me. So I'm interested in what he has to offer. But he keeps reading this book. I'm just wanting him to tell me the secret. And I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. What's hey, Ryan? Um, I really like this part of the book. Um, I, for me, this is kind of like a process of elimination section of the book, you know, I, I, where I can identify myself as. And, I mean, the first one we have is moderate drinkers. Honestly, from the gate, like, I just don't really understand that. Like, I work in a restaurant. To me, moderate drinkers are the ones that come out and, like, order, like, a drink and then leave half of it on the table. And, like, they leave, and I'm, I, I'm just so confused by it that whole thing in general. Like, I just don't get it. Um, so I know I don't see myself in that one. I don't think I ever even started out as a moderate drinker. I think I just, I think I might've started out in the second type, that problem, hard drinker, right? Um, I'm, I'm sure that at some point when I first started, like if I, if I had really wanted to, which I didn't, I could have probably stopped at some point, but then the switch happened where I crossed over into that line of the, the full blown alcoholic. Um, 
you know, I know that I did not come into these rooms as the hard drinker because, you know, I had those sufficient reasons to stop. You know, I had so many of those sufficient reasons, whether or not it's like sleeping on a park bench homeless or, you know, like, um, like just, you know, I, so many reasons. I can't even begin to count all of the things that like, that were just telling me over and over again, like get your life together, you know, but I couldn't do it. And the thing that was missing was the power to stop, you know? And it's like Bill was saying, like, I didn't have any power over the situation. I didn't have any control over the situation. And that's how I knew. That's how I know from reading this, that I'm in the right place. You know, I'm that last paragraph. Um, you know, I, I need a spiritual solution to this problem. I need to have an experience. Um, and that's, I mean, from reading this, that's the only thing that's going to get me out of this situation. Um, so that's all I've got. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. I wasn't abusing alcohol. Those people leaving the half drink on the table, they were abusing alcohol. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, we talked about it in the intro. It's, it's the difference between the real alcoholic and, and the not is, you know, we have that phenomenon of craving. You know, that's, that is what's uh, causing us to lose all control once we start to drink. You know, the, the non-alkies, the moderate, the heavy hard, you know, they don't require a spiritual solution to their problem. If, if some external force acts on them and gives them sufficient, strong reason for them to stop, they can do it. And maybe that is the judge sending them to Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Uh, or the wife about to leave them or the job or whatever it is, you know, medical reasons. They get here, maybe, um, exploring this. Maybe they get into the book. Maybe they get a qualified sponsor that helps them identify, maybe you're not the real alcoholic. But... Maybe they don't get a qualified sponsor. They stay here long enough, you know, get some time under their belt, start talking to meetings, uh, going to the gym a lot, getting some money in their pockets, feeling good, not drinking anymore, right? This, this AA thing's not so bad, right? Those are the people, again, if I'm listening to their opinion in the meeting, I need to see where I can reconcile it in the book because they might be able to put a plug in a jug, yeah. but I can't. You know, we're going to get to that in a couple pages where it says the real alcoholic has lost the choice in drink. Mm -hmm. Right? These folks have not. Yeah, you got somebody telling you about the seven T's. Take the time to think things through. And uh, I, don't, I don't have that power, power of choice, right? <laughs> what page is that on? Yeah. All right. Any, any, clubhouse. Anybody have anything else on this uh, segment of the book that we just read? All right. Should we, stuff. should we close her up? Let's do it. Okay. Thank you, Mark. You're a phenomenal reader. Woo! This is from A Vision for You on page 164. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group members' sponsors to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. So we do sponsorship medallions here. Does anybody have a sponsee that they would like to introduce? We got Okay, but we do have an anniversary, right? Okay. 
Come on up. I can tell there was some action about to happen over there. <laughs> there we go. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Ryan. Ryan. Hey. Um, so I have the privilege tonight of um, giving a medallion for three years. Um, I think that it's very fitting what we were talking about tonight, um, and there's a solution. Um, not that there's really any chapter of the book that we won't be talking about working with another alcoholic, but um, you know, this medallion is going to someone who really does this deal. Um, you know, she's whether it's driving people to the meetings, or you know, sponsoring people, or um, you know, looking over multiple halfway houses as a house manager for like it's just. Talk about, you know, I know we don't make a sole vocation of this work, but I'm pretty sure that this person does, you know, like, I mean, she just doesn't get paid for it, you know, and it's just like, she's someone I respect in this, in this program, you know, she's someone I look up to and I aspire to be like, um, so I'm going to bring Kelly up to get her three year medallion. Three years ago, I would not have been having those kind words said about me. Grateful recovered alcoholic named Kelly. Kelly. I asked Ryan to give me this just to show that this program works because my anniversary is actually January 28th. So today, three years ago, God stepped in, intervened, and he had to stop me because I was going on. I was blotting out my existence until the very bitter end. And I actually tried to make the supreme sacrifice. I tried very hard. And um, I, I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. You know, and I couldn't stop drinking. So um, thank God for this program and for you people in this room especially. Because you guys keep it very basic for me and teach me what I need to know so that I can pass it on to others. You know, I got to give a, a medallion to a sponsor last, a sponsor last night. And I thanked her for keeping me sober. And people looked at me like I had two heads. But I really genuinely meant that because I know that I can't keep it if I don't give it away. So thank you. Thank you for the kind words, Ryan. If you would like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card. And is anyone in need of a sponsor? Does anybody have a... Oh, I skipped that one. Does anybody not have a big book sponsor? Okay. And if you're shy, come talk to us after the meeting. All hey. home group members, please raise your hands. Great. We'll see you right after the meeting to help tear down the room. Such beautiful people. Great. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hope to see you next week or Thursday. Thursday evening is our Alcoholics and God Step Series workshop starting at 715 downstairs in the Fellowship Hall. Please wait until you're 75 feet away from the doors to vape slash smoke and if you are stable and you want to vape you can go outside on the balcony and if you want to sw also if you want to swipe uh, a card or zella uh, uh, payment via your cell phone you can do that with jessica in the back she's gonna help you out there wonderful <laughs> let's close with the lord's prayer who will bring us from shame to grace our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us.
When you laughing, when you laughing, yes, the sun comes shining through. But when you crying. On the rain, so stop your singing, baby, and be happy again. Yes, and keep on smiling. Keep on smiling, baby, and I hope.
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go.
tilted. See the light. Count my blessings when I go to sleep at night, and I dream now. Things all right. <laughs> oh man, going on ten years old that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you?
Got one man that just won't say. 